Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. There's nothing like snook hook sets at dawn or catching a tarpon in the moonlight. Find your next fishing trip made easy on fishingbooker.com and experience the magic of the Sunshine State or any other destination on your fishing bucket list. Book a blue water adventure in search of sailfish or go snapper fishing with the kids. With over 6,000 captains and trips to choose from, planning your next one just got a whole lot easier. Download the Fishing Booker app on the Google Play or App Store or visit them online at fishingbooker.com to book your trip today. 46% of Americans expect to leave behind financial obligations when they pass away. So it's crucial to make sure your family is financially protected. Policy Genius helps you find the right life insurance coverage by comparing options from America's top insurers with help from licensed, award-winning agents. Secure your financial future with Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com to get free life insurance quotes in just a few clicks. That's policygenius.com. I'm Tyler. And I'm KC. And you're listening to The Element Podcast. Giving me the thumb. <laughs> Two thumbs up, one thumb sideways. That's right. <laughs> Man, welcome, y'all Woods people. Welcome to the Element Podcast. Brought to you by First Light Gear. We are hanging out just uh, at home. Feels good to be home, you know? It, uh, Man, it does. I mean, the weather's been weird. It was, it was like chilly when we got here. And now this morning I woke up and it was like warm. It felt like, you know, normal. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, we've been through some some different weather. We've been through a couple of states uh, personally, and we actually have done uh, the the Rut Fresh uh, podcast for old Mark Kenyon on Wired to Hunt recently, where we talked to a bunch of people and they all experienced some pretty good things going on during the cold weather. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd say that we kind of did too, um, and I was seeing trail cameras at home when I was gone that were lighting up as well. Um, during that cold spell that we had, that little cold front. Um, Probably, so. I mean, I didn't hunt it, but it possibly could have been one of the best opening weeks in East Texas in quite a while. Yeah. I feel like. Yeah. I, I mean, There's I was a lot of deer running around. I'd say you're probably right, man. Um, you know, the um, – what just happened? Okay, there we go. We uh, – when I got home, I actually hunted an evening, and I had about maybe five or six million pigs show up that evening uh, <laughs> and they chased a doe off so i can i can truly say that deer do not like pigs and i've said i think we've said it before on this podcast you know but mm-hmm. i watched i listened to pigs get up out of their bed start making noise start working their way slowly over to where i was sitting to eat some grass and stuff and then i we me and michael were sitting there and heard what sounded like a grunt but it was so consistent and so many times he was like 
what he's like what do you did you hear that and i was like yeah it's like i don't think it's a deer i think it's pigs um <clears throat> anyway probably a couple minutes later this doe walks out and stands at the field edge and for sure grunts a couple times and then runs away and pigs come out behind her like two minutes later you think she was looking for a phone Oh, she wasn't really bleating. She was grunting, but maybe. Well, that's what, so. I feel like she almost was, like, hearing those pigs and thinking that they might be deer or something. It could was weird. Be. I, I did a little deer hunting earlier in September and uh, didn't develop in anything, so I don't even know if that makes uh, a lot of day. But um, we had a doe come in grunting like that cadence style while she was kind of trotting, and then she went over and found her fawn. But it's kind of late in the year for that now. I don't. Uh, who knows? Mm-hmm. But deer are weird, man. We, I, we only know just a tiny bit about yeah. what they actually do. And I know they are weird, man. That's and why I like elk are this way too, because they're even more vocal. But I feel like you about <clears throat> near can't make a bad noise on a call mm-hmm. whenever, because deer they do all kinds of stuff. Yeah, you know, it's the thing is, it's usually not very loud. Yep. And that, I think that's kind of <clears throat> the thing that maybe. And I, I I grunt loud a lot, but it's usually to get a hold of something that's way out there. Yeah. But like, I think you can go bleep 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 and like Just a they, mallard feed. Call. Yeah, I guarantee you they yeah. went, they really like, like oh, that. Okay. By the way. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. The um. <laughs> we got a story to tell here in a bit. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. So the uh. The pigs are weird, too, by the way. They are. Uh, they came real Creepers. close. Mm-hmm. Michael, so here's the thing for camera guys, which maybe one day they'll do a camera guy podcast thing. Maybe. About Who knows? Um, but if they do, they would say things like this. When you're sitting there and your hunter hasn't really put you in a great spot where there's no, there's a bunch of deer running around, you, your, your small winds are like grade A footage of other either game or non-game species that aren't deer. Dude, listen. <clears throat> I – so we talked about Nebraska already last week, I believe. I um, – if you haven't listened to that, mm-hmm. it's on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. We, we launched a podcast on YouTube specifically, and it's not on the podcast feed. So hopefully that doesn't hurt your feelings. Uh, but we uh, decided to do that last week. So go listen to that if you haven't. Tyler and I had some success in Nebraska. I hunted with Michael. He was going to shoot some does. Well, I thought he did shoot some does. Well, when they do the cameraman podcast, he can tell you all about what happened. <laughs> I can tell you what happened to me. I had a camera arm. <laughs> yeah. And Michael almost knocked me out of the tree because he saw a squirrel to film. Oh. He was like, went into cameraman it. mode right mm-hmm. away. Mm-hmm. And wanted to go small win and just get the best squirrel footage. I you don't could. know if you can beat the squirrel footage that Eric got in Nebraska. I believe it. I don't know if you can. No, I don't think so, dude. There's if you go back into the logs of Element lore, the olden days <laughs> on YouTube from 2017 or 18, Tyler's hunting a deer, an infamous buck named Teenager. Mm. We were doing some crazy stuff to get in on Teenager. Buck I never saw. And him and I, I don't know if it's documented, but the reaction, you know how they do reaction stuff on YouTube? Uh, a squirrel fell from like 40 <laughs> feet up in a tree. And Tyler and I are in this little wiggle tree trying to just hold it together, laughing so <laughs> hard. <laughs> yeah. So something, there's some documentation of that in yep. there for sure. 
the uh the that buck actually taught me a lot man Mm -hmm. um about deer hunting and about deer movement and stuff like that i feel like that i think i hunted that deer for four years i'm not sure i feel like one of those years maybe we aren't sure that he was alive or something Mm -hmm. um but i definitely hunted him for three years that we knew of him being around i believe and never once saw him and hunted him a bunch um so learned a lot about him had him on all kinds of different trail cameras um but just never, never got to see him, and it was that was it, that one's the one that like, you know, it's the one that got away, man. It's the mm-hmm. one that like makes me kind of hurt a little bit, mm-hmm. but at the same time appreciative that I got to chase him and learn some stuff. So. You ever? Uh, <clears throat> I'm kind of at this point. I've been thinking about this some. You ever get in this situation where you're like, man, I might need to like revisit my thoughts on things because you think you've learned some things. And, like, say, for instance, last year I had my best deer season ever, and I killed five bucks, and it was great. And right now um, on deer tags, I'm one of three for the year, uh, which is not as good. I still can have a, a, a great season, and I'm looking forward to the rest of the season. But I guess what I'm saying is, like, sometimes you think you got it figured out, and then it's like, man, do I? And wh- how much do I need to go back and relearn, and how much – do I think that I learned was actually an anomaly and not the case and, and all that, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You kind of get what I'm getting mm-hmm. at. Like the stuff a teenager, do you ever feel like, um, some of the things you learned on that aren't actually true? Probably, you know, um, I can't directly like correlate thoughts to him right now. Yeah, sure. Too great because I had, it's like, actually not at all what we plan on podcasting. No, no, that's it's probably not. why. Yeah. Well, and just I, yeah, I haven't like. It's not that I. It's not that I'm like eating my words here because I for sure learned things while mm-hmm. hunting him, but then those things get put into practice like in 2019, mm-hmm. and I shoot a deer, and then I learned something also while hunting that deer, and then I put those into practice in 2020, and then you know by the time we're at 2023, now like the things I learned have morphed over the course of hunting like deer for years and years in Mm -hmm. lots of different places. So like, it's not that there's definitely things that I learned all a lot about deer that I thought maybe I knew that maybe, you know, changed over time. Mm -hmm. Um, I think we got, we've gotten to the point in the last year or so where like, uh, we've, we started to kind of change our minds on what rubs could be, you know, and Man, we're gonna revisit this. Somebody needs to tell us yeah. what it what what the thing was that we figured out. We figured something out, man. <laughs> that was was that last year? Yeah. It was last fall. It's probably uh-huh. about this time. Maybe a couple Well, yeah. Oh, Eric says it was on the way to oh, Illinois on I need a to go back and re listen to that. Yeah. Uh, because it would have been it would have yeah, you like spent October some time in public in Texas during the middle of the month and we didn't have a whole mm-hmm. lot to do and and then learn something about rubs. Yeah, so that's the thing. I oh, think maybe I've, it was a rut fresh. That's probably a good point in the yeah. intro to rut fresh. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, I think one of the things I learned from your quest for that deer, because I filmed you a lot on that, was um, one, don't shoot coyotes from the stand when you're deer hunting. And two, yeah, the pursuit of an individual deer on public ground isn't a loss, but you better be ready <sighs> It's to one, like yeah deal with it it's one of the most draining things you could yes. take potentially I, I think any state too i don't think I do just too. texas i think I that too. if you're in iowa yep and you're chasing you know you think about aaron warburton back in the midwest whitetail days yep. aaron was after that uh ray finkel right yep. and uh 
They also hunted, I think they were hunted a big deer at the, they called it a gate property or something mm-hmm. like that, whatever that property well, was. Y'all probably know, but we used to geek out on those Midwest Whitetail blogs, man. It was yep. cool stuff. Um, and uh, Hunt Public still has cool stuff. We watch that from time to time. Actually, the camera guys keep us uh, updated on what they got going on more. They keep they got, us abreast. <laughs> that's right. Uh, uh, Jake killed a big deer the other day, it mm-hmm. looked like. So, uh, and speaking of rut fresh we had aaron warburton on rut fresh this past week yep uh so go check that out came out today if you're listening to the same day that this podcast came out anyways all that to say it's tough to hunt a single deer on public for sure dude uh here's the here's the issue that we ran into i think some on especially starting out at first because <clears throat> we were hunting a lot of texas public stuff mm-hmm. we had our spots where our cameras were where like that entire property had one shooter so you are hunting one deer mm-hmm. you can't shoot a deer under 13 inches wide so you've got one shooter on that property that's what you get unless the rut changes something which a lot of times it didn't on some of these properties like you would maybe if it was a smaller property especially like maybe it's a, a smaller property with pastures on sides of it so like it just doesn't have a whole lot of travel through right it's got deer that live there just not travel through you end up hunting one buck. That's what you do. So it ends up like kind of by process of elimination, for lack of a better phrase, mm-hmm. like that you're doing that. And that but that can be frustrating. At least um, sometimes you have different parcels or different uh, places to pop to to go hunt a different one buck yeah. over there. Whereas like with, with teenager, you're about near dedicated that season to trying to find that deer. Yeah. And uh, that, that gets real tough. Oh, it does, man. And I think that – that's why you and I travel more now to places mm-hmm. like Nebraska and South Dakota because, I mean, not just those states, but a lot of other states, you know, we can go to public and if a shooter buck is, a, you know, nice eight point, we got a lot of options mm-hmm. in some of these states, you know? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there's one right there on the TV, you know? <laughs> We're actually sitting here watching uh, a brand new video that we put out um, that is – uh, playing, like it's 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 15 minutes old. Are you hot right there? Oh, sweating. <laughs> you got like four beads of sweat coming off uh, your head. You might have seen seen some of this footage um, already, but it is the entire season. It's our entire season, the full season from last year, uh, all put together. That at least KC and I were on hunts when we were on hunts. Mm-hmm. So uh, we left old HTH out on accident. We realized yesterday. Well, did you put um, like? Colorado in here oh, yeah, and stuff like that. No, I guess so that isn't. So it's, it's not really the just the buck season. truck stuff. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, I guess it is. So, but anyway, cool stuff. You may or may not have seen them all, but it's worth going and watching. And, and nothing else, if you have seen them, it may have been a while because a lot of the stuff released in May. So you mm-hmm. might need to refresh uh, your hype. And now you can find it all in one place. That's right, man. Yeah, fun so times. Go check that out. Share Look at it that if you're horizon online. right there. There you go, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Lykel, actually. Lykel. <laughs> that was my fault. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um but yeah, so this this is, you know, stuff that you can go watch um all in one place, like you said. And if you don't mind, we appreciate your support. We always have uh any shares you want to put on put it on your Facebook or whatever. Who knows? Send it to your buddies. That kind of stuff, man, means a lot to us. Mm-hmm. Uh and mm-hmm. I'll just say thanks um for your your support in the past. Anyway, we are going to these places in this video that we're watching that have more shooter bucks, right? Mm-hmm. And but we don't even have to shoot 13-inch wide ones. That's right, because um, we can drop our standards and still have a good time. 
Yeah, we in, can. In places like Guarantee this. Guarantee you we can. Yeah. I mean, that's – and this is the this is the conundrum, man. Like, undoubtedly, Texas in these counties that have these antler restrictions have gotten better for, for hunting nice bucks. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt that it has worked. But there's also a bunch of, you know, kids that don't get to shoot a deer because they couldn't shoot the old forky that walked out you know, when they had the chance the couple of times they might have gotten to hunt during football season or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, and, and then there's the guy like me that would really love to go to public in Texas and shoot just a nice buck that's probably 12 inches wide. And and if you're being serious with yourself and honest, that uh, a 12-inch wide buck in on a Texas, you know, the, the antlers on a Texas buck body is still a really nice buck. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's just It's just different. People, you know. People may not understand that up north, but anyway, so we've been traveling and we, we went to South Dakota to try to shoot some of these 12 inch wide bucks. (laughs) And we actually, um, we did the last podcast that Casey was talking about that ended up, you know, on the internet, on the, on the YouTube spectrum. Uh, we did that from South Dakota, but we didn't Mm -hmm. talk about it because we weren't done with the hunt. Now that we're done, we can retrospectively talk about what we did and didn't do well and kind of oh, give the we're doing ideas. that oh i didn't know we we're gonna talk about the bad stuff oh yet. we don't have to you know <laughs> we don't have to well i just it's gonna be a lot longer now because i did a lot of bad stuff oh i don't know um, about that yeah. i think you i think you did some good stuff for sure thanks man um there were some good things that happened i know you discovered a, a spot mm. and a big spot but mm-hmm. a spot and it was a it was a legit two-mile walk. It was a map scouting thing, using Onyx, looking at places. Um, so we show up to South Dakota, uh, South a, a place Dakota. we've scouted before. And uh, it's funny how you go to a place and it, you think there's a decent amount of public ground, and then you kind of like scout it and hunt it a little bit, and then it gets a lot smaller real quick uh, because of hunting pressure or – just things the deer are doing. Um, this year wasn't quite as bad a drought as um, some other years, but it still wasn't just like a just awesome green fest, you know. So um, the deer were somewhat concentrated in places. Long story short, I had I found a place. <clears throat> if you don't know much about these prairie states, they got a lot of ground, but not always a lot of whitetail habitat. Uh, so the whitetails will be in certain areas, and you might have to walk across like a two-mile cornfield or something to get to where deer actually will live. You know, corn's cool, and deer eat it, but like they got to have more than that sometimes. And so, yeah, I map scouted me at a place that you could get to with like a legit 2.1-mile walk, and then you could start hunting. Terrible. Which, yeah. You know? You told me after you got back, you were like, you know, I kind of realized what we were doing after we left. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, I realized it when y'all were talking about it in the <laughs> evenings. I was like, dude, how are these dudes? I mean, y'all y'all legit went into just robot mode. Yeah. That's what y'all did. We did, yeah. This is the walk you just you, weren't, you were just like, it was like no big deal to you. And I'm I'm sitting here like just thinking, I can't believe they're doing this. And they're just going to keep doing it every day. Mm-hmm. The day, so I actually went in and videoed you um, uh, because I had good success. Well, let's and, talk about that, and okay. then we'll, we'll go into that. So um, you 
are a man on a mission when we go out of state. We Tyler and I pretty much have like a character that we play. <laughs> and Tyler's character is to kill a deer real quick, and my character is to just make it last as long as possible. You like to hunt, man. Man, I do. Uh, I'm wired for it, you know. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, but you went up and had a plan. Yeah. The plan was to – and we were hunting pretty far apart, man. Um, yeah. It was it took I mean, like an hour to get back to where you were. We got to kind of base base together um out of the same camp but like where you hunted and where i hunted was like about near completely different you know Mm -hmm. and um i i had i knew this was a good spot and i went i guess michael was my video guy video guy uh my camera guy and we went to um this spot we so we we had the success in nebraska Hung around, uh, Eric shot does, <clears throat> and I think there was several does that were hit for sure, right? Um, <laughs> no. Yeah. Uh, no, Eric shot two does and smoked them. Y'all get to see that video soon, I think. Uh, I still got – I'm still putting it together, so as soon as I can. Uh, we got a busy busy week, but maybe next week won't be so bad. Um, and I'll try to get that video out, but it's going to be a cool video. And then – when we left, it was the day before opening day for public land peasants from the non-residentville. And we got to do some scouting that evening, uh, Michael and I did. So we set out. We go get a nice little vantage point, try to look at this stuff where buck bedding and doe bedding was going to be uh, together as deer working towards um, basically – and a food source, a destin- destination food source at night. And we, like, sneak in. It's, like, real quiet, no wind. We sneak in and kind of pop up over the top and and crawl in a few yards and just set up kind of down the hill a little bit so we're not skyline and next to these bushes. And we just sit there and start scouting. And we got glass. And it started getting a little bit golden hour, and I hear something moving. And me and Michael, like, it's the weirdest thing. We thought from here to the corner of the room that deer was fixing to pop out. Mm-hmm. And he was like kind of way downhill. <laughs> I mean, Some like, weird way that the wind was carrying the sound or something. I don't know, or it was traveling up, you know, like kind of like hitting the wall and coming up at us or whatever. Mm-hmm. It it freaked us out. But then the buck, a buck stands up and I see him. And essentially two bucks are in the same general area. One has to kind of cross a beaver dam and – they kind of work together over the course of the next hour from this deep, deep, thick, thicket bedding, willows and stuff, and they work past a what I call a landmark tree. If you haven't seen these videos, we did a set of six videos, I believe, a couple of years ago on like some of our mm. best, our best uh, like tips where you should hunt if you're gonna go hunt public land. Public right? land pins. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Something like that, yeah. And uh, we did a we did a podcast series too, right? Maybe, yes. We might have done a podcast Something series, like but that. I know we did a video series. And uh, funny enough, I was watching a YouTube video yesterday. wasn't one of our videos, and <clears throat> On X was running an ad that we recorded at the lodge. <laughs> oh, how about you? That? Remember that? Yeah, that was like three or four years ago. It's been a minute. I know they were like, 
we don't want y'all now. We want you when you're younger. <laughs> we, yeah. <laughs> y'all too tired. Yeah, yeah. Got them tired. But eyes. yeah, it was kind of the same. It was like the condensed version of that. Yeah, yeah. And that YouTube ad. Which well. I I liked them a lot. They they didn't seem to get a whole lot of traction. But if you're interested, you can look back a few years in the off season, and we did a set of like six videos. One of those videos was about landmark trees, and the landmark tree is something that KC and I kind of came. We've come up with these different concepts because we grew up hunting East Texas public land. Mm -hmm. Got to have. I said this in the buck truck episode of Arkansas at the beginning. When it's just monotonous and there's not very many deer, low deer density and stuff, like guys just have to come up with theories so that they have a reason to be in a spot. Otherwise, you're just hunting in the woods, right? Mm -hmm. So, anyway, it makes us more observant, I feel like, to hunt places that are hard to hunt. So, you know, if you're into uh, uh, suffering for a couple of years, you can really learn some stuff. (laughs) But Landmark Trees was an idea you and I came up with with – this whole idea that like even in like thick brush, if there is a tree out in the middle of like a, an old burn that's like eight foot tall, mm-hmm. you still will have deer navigate to that tree because they can see it as opposed to not being able to see anything else around them. It gives mm-hmm. them a direction of travel. So in this particular area, there's a landmark tree that these two deer work by right at, right at dark. One of them ends up scraping on that tree and... Uh, That'll uh, put you in the mood. Oh, I'm telling you, dude. I was about <laughs> ready to make a scrape for sure. <laughs> so the next morning, we um, it was kind of hot, muggy a little bit. We get out there early, get back to our spot, and I'm like, I'm thinking, man, we may not see, you know, we may not see everything, but we had ended up seeing like 15 deer that night come out of all this stuff in this bedding. And the next the next morning, we saw three does come back to bed, and that was it. Hmm. We were out there early. I mean, we were we were sitting in the dark, and <laughs> so um, I was kind of a little worried, but I was like, man, I just think, because also as it got light, they all of a sudden just took off running and ran to bed. O'Reilly Auto Parts are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. If you're confused about what part you need, like what wipers are going to be the best, what replacement headlights are going to be the best, go into O'Reilly and talk to the people that work there because they're great and they're super friendly and they'll get you squared away where you walk out knowing you got the right thing. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. Do you need your windshield wipers replaced? you need a brake light fixed? you need some quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. The professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto do-it-yourself and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash eater. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash eater. There's nothing like snook hook sets at dawn or catching a tarpon in the moonlight. Find your next fishing trip made easy on FishingBooker.com and experience the magic of the Sunshine State or any other destination on your fishing bucket list. Book a blue water adventure in search of sailfish or go snapper fishing with the kids. With over 6,000 captains and trips to choose from, planning your next one just got a whole lot easier. Download the Fishing Booker app on the Google Play 
or app store or visit them online at fishingbooker.com to book your trip today. You ever get that feeling you're stuck inside staring at screens and a primal urge kicks in? You crave wide open spaces, fresh air, the chance to connect with the land. Well, maybe it's time to find your own piece of the wild, but searching for property can be a maze. That's where land.com comes in. They got millions of listings across the country from mountain ranches to hidden fishing holes. Their search tools are like a seasoned guide helping you narrow down what you want. Land.com isn't just about buying and selling. It's about finding a place to hunt, fish, explore, or simply sit by a campfire and listen to the crickets. So head over to land.com today to turn one day into today. Because trust me, there's nothing quite like the feeling of standing on your own piece of earth. I was like, okay, they're just weird about being out in the daylight right now. There was a theme this whole week of deer not lollygagging in the mornings. Yeah. They mornings were super tough. Mm-hmm. Like deer just got to where they were going to be quick. Yeah. And it was it wasn't even like a hey it's 90 degrees let's get it was like not bad too. Yeah. But it, it, it was strange. Yeah, you're right. It wasn't like it wasn't hot, but it wasn't cold. Mm-hmm. And it was just they they were just in like it almost like they needed cold weather to to promote the morning movement, you know. Mm-hmm. But anyway, the story I won't make long. But essentially, um, I I I said, you know what? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go to that landmark tree, even though I didn't see the pattern twice. I only saw it once. I'm gonna go sit back by that landmark tree because I actually ended up seeing three bucks carry past that tree the night before. And um, so I I went and sat in the landmark tree. We had like a 25 mile an hour wind. We went and set up, so we had like we could get up in there and like. I, mean, I, I didn't even have to like just make sure the, that nothing metal tinked you know mm-hmm. what I mean everything else is just like easy you just climb up and do it we did um, kind of particular we were particular about like tinked is funny t- tink 69 <laughs> uh, but we, we were particular about the scrapes there was one big scrape on the tree and I, I kind of had Michael just like he backed off the tree and sat with all our gear and I would just have him bring me stuff around that and don't touch any limbs kind of thing, you know? So you guys just trying to keep ground scent and whatever scent to a minimal mm-hmm. and just entering from the downwind side pretty directly too. And so, uh, did that and we set up and we're waiting and I can't remember why, but KC kind of got me and Michael antsy. Was it KC that got us antsy that we thought, uh, nothing was going to show up because it got kind of late. He had said something that you and I were thinking about and considering. I can't remember what it was. And anyway, so like we, 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 it gets late. Like it's like sunset mm-hmm. and we hadn't seen a deer. And I'm just yeah, not like, fun, huh? And the wind's blowing. And I'm like, man, I wonder if the wind's got them shut down or whatever we're thinking. It's like, man, maybe, maybe this isn't going to happen. And all of a sudden, like, I think it's like, five or 10 minutes after shoot after uh sunset all of a sudden deer start moving you know and i was like oh man so all these does start pouring out and i'm like this could be good and i'm just looking 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 and i look down the willow line and here comes the big eight that i'd seen the night before uh it's actually a nine i guess and he is walking right at us winds whipping these does are starting to get past us and 
um, or kind of even with us, right? And when I see this buck, I know that he might come to the scrape. So to get a vertical, like straight down shot in my window that I was able to find, I had to hook my right foot over a limb and hold myself so that I, when I leaned out to shoot straight down, I'd, I'd practice this. Some good tea you got it, there. Yeah. And I, I had to, you know, because I wanted to lean out, hold my tee, and also just I'm shooting straight down, man. Mm-hmm. So I hook, I, when, I, that, when I see that buck, um, he's walking towards us, and I like, I don't have time to look at these does back behind us. The wind's whipping pretty good. So I kind of like slowly lift my leg. And try to hook it back there, and I kind of struggled because I hit the tree trunk. And, like, I finally get it looped around, and Michael's got the camera on him. And all of a sudden, that deer just stops at, like, 40 yards Mm -hmm. straight out front. I have no shots, limbs in the way, and he's just, like, alert. But he's looking over at where those deer were. And I'm thinking, oh, he's just going to – he just sees them for the first time, you Mm -hmm. know, because he's in thick stuff. And then he gets, like – he stands there for, like, three minutes at least. And I think it was like a three-minute clip of him doing this. And as as it goes on and on, he's, his head's moving more and more to our downwind side as if these does are traveling to our downwind side. Hmm. I'm not sure that they didn't. Michael said he thinks he thought he heard a uh, blow. And I'm not sure they didn't see me move my foot, even though I was moving it slow and it was really windy. I'm not sure what happened. Either that or they got some ground scent back there or the or wind was whipping and swirling. I don't know. But they shouldn't have been downwind. And anyway, he was locked up for forever. And I'm literally a flamingo on this platform. <laughs> Left foot, like, my, this is my weak leg. I'm struggling. I'm like, please move. I'm fixing it. My knee's going to give out, do the Greg leg. It's going to be bad. <laughs> so I, uh, I, he finally moves. But when he does, he runs. And he runs to the other side of the tree that I thought he was going to – he was on the path to come to. He runs on the other side of the tree um, – and he's kind of getting out a little bit. He's like running at these does or where they were kind of like mm-hmm. as if they're spooking. And so he's spooking. So he runs to like probably 30, 35 kind of on an angle and stops. And I could shoot him, but he's really on a bad quarter too. It's not like – I wouldn't call it a hard quarter. It's just like a lot of shoulder in the mix there, mm-hmm. you know. And so <clears throat> I decide I got a big window. Can we – <clears throat> kind of visit why you are wary of such a thing. Yeah. So last year mm-hmm. I shot a deer in the daggum point of the shoulder mm-hmm. and it, the the setup I'm shooting does not want to go into that point. Of the and shoulder. it wasn't uh, like a questionable angle. No, you just hit him shot forward. Yeah. Hit yeah. forward. But that then kind of affects your decision For on sure. deer more. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, when he stops, uh, he's like goes back to alert, and I don't want to shoot him. I got a pretty big window that he's fixing to go through, uh, uh, you know, as soon as he takes off again. Mm-hmm. So um, I wait and I wait and I wait, and um, probably I don't know, fifteen twenty seconds, um, he starts to run again through my window, and I, I I know the trail. I've ranged the trail he's on. It's like twenty, and so he runs. He's running through the window. I draw back, and as soon as he kind of gets in the window, I I hit him with it. And he doesn't, it's, you know, it's windy. I hit him with a bat and he doesn't stop. And so quickly again, bat, like real loud. I was like, he's fixing to run through the window. I got to mm-hmm. stop him. And he, he locks it up and actually turns and faces almost directly at us. And I was like, oh no, you know, <laughs> like, uh, I got to shoot the frontal here at 20, you know? And so I, I really did take like that split second that 
literally is a split second, but it feels like an extra two seconds in your mind, you know, and put it where I thought, you know, should be, shoot, and it smokes him. I mean, frontal, right where it should go. He takes off, and he's just like, I think Michael called it uh, wheelbarrow or bulldozing is what I called it. I mean, he's just like taking – I'm about near eating dirt the whole way. He goes like 50 yards, crashes, and I, and then gets up and does like a 180 flip. Oh, yeah. And then I think he falls, but I'm not 100% sure. It was, you know, it was weird because he's behind limbs and stuff at that point. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we pretty much knew. But um, And then another buck came by later and smelled him. And I, that's how I knew that that buck was still there. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, how about that? We watched another buck come over and, and, like, smell him for, like, 10 minutes in the dark. So, anyway, we had a party. And uh, that was, I mean, you've probably seen the picture on Instagram. If you haven't, that video uh, will hopefully come out um, during deer season this year, I'm hoping. So cool. pretty excited about that. But that, that allowed me to, to kind of do some stuff and video well, some different guys and that kind of thing. Yeah, I want to get into that, but I want to talk about the shot because um, on that note, our good friend Tony Peterson, <laughs> uh, which is funny because we are literally watching Tony on TV right now. Uh, we're paying attention to what we're talking about, but we're rolling this in the background because we like Tony. Um, so um, Tony just published an article of why you shouldn't take frontal shots on white-tailed deer. Oh, no. And I apologize to him because I haven't read it because I think it's foolish. But <laughs> no, I'm he probably he, he probably just gives a scenario. I'm sure you shouldn't shoot. A good uh, rider like he is is going to play both sides yeah. on, on this a little bit. However, um, I would say that uh, I don't I don't know. And again, I haven't read it yet. I, I actually need to, and I will, because uh, I'm a proponent of a frontal shot in certain situations on white-tailed deer. I think it's super effective, and I've seen it work very well. Um, so, Tyler, yes, what was sir. running through your head when you were like, okay, I can take a frontal on this deer? Well, uh, don't miss left and right mm-hmm. was, was my I, – I literally pulled my pins back to the right of hair. I hit him – I legit hit him right where you should hit him. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I, th- I felt like it went where I wanted it to. But when I first put my pins on him, I was left a little bit of where I should have been. Mm-hmm. And so we talked about this on our stories this past week. Uh, but the vertical pin stack on a frontal might be the way to go, man. I mean, you think it's the way to go all the time. But for me, even as a guy who shoots the horizontal pins, mm-hmm. I feel like that a vertical pin in that situation could be a really good asset. So, like, if you plan to go somewhere and hunt off the ground and call deer in and rattle them in or whatever, mm-hmm. a vertical pin stack might be the one you take. Yeah, you know? so in case you're not following what uh, we're talking about here, your sight picture, your uh, bow sight, you know, the, the pins are the things that you aim with out there and you're looking through your peep sight. Uh, I have a vertical version of that where I have two uh, L- not LED, what are they called? Um, fiber optic. Fiber optic, sorry. <laughs> two fiber optic dots stacked up and down. I don't have anything coming in from the left or right in my sight picture. They come from the bottom. Uh, Tyler, on the other hand, has three coming out from the right side since he's a right-handed shooter. Um, each sight kind of lends itself to certain things. Uh, I think that... In general, the three-pin sight is possibly a better sight for whitetail because uh, you have three options there that are all whitetail ranges. Mm-hmm. You know, 20, 30, 40 is what most people do. 
Um, however, I like the vertical because it has a clearer sight picture. Instead of three things sticking in your way, you technically only have one. Right. And that really opens it up. And ever since I've – so I had a target panic thing back in – and I, you know, target panic. <laughs> it's, it's, it's woo-woo, right? But I had a little issue with some something like that. And when I went to a vertical – I felt a lot better, and I haven't really had it show up again since. And uh, it's it's really just anxiety before the shot, pretty much, because I can just see everything. Yeah, really good. Does anybody make a three pin vertical? Set? They do. They do. See, I would be interested. Yeah, in that. it's it's pretty cool, man. I, uh, I would definitely be interested. In you that. you uh, got to watch out with arrow weight. It, well, whatever. You got to be shooting a fast bow if you're shooting heavier arrows to make it work because of pin gap. Yeah, know, but it it is it is pretty cool. Huh. Um, I think one of the other things that's different is we both shoot sliders, so you can adjust for yardage if you want to. Uh, most people on verticals, I think, usually use their top pin as kind of like their aiming pin, whereas on a horizontal, you're using your bottom to roll with, yep. right? And yep. um, there's probably pluses and minuses to both of those, um, but I kind of like the top pin because it's it's if you grew up shooting a Red Rider, it's the same function pretty much. You know, like mm-hmm. you're just using an upright mm-hmm. that fits in the thing and mm-hmm. in, in shooting stuff. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're right. I, th- I think that on I've shot a couple frontal deer, and uh, it hasn't gone bad for me yet. It probably will one day because that's bow hunting, man. Yeah, well, but, and, I mean, that's a, that's for sure what it is. It's bow hunting, man. So I've but, had plenty of broadsides go wrong too. You yeah, know? oh, me too. Yeah. And, and I don't know. That I just, I just can remember thinking – when I shot that deer, I can still see the sight in my mind. And I was thinking back to it. I was like, man, a vertical pin stack would probably have helped me. Cause I had to really focus to not just pull left and shoot him mm-hmm. because I was covering up all his body with the, mm-hmm. with the right that's, side of the picture. That's you know? exactly the thing you're into. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. and, and the thing is you don't realize like with a, with a deer, I don't know when you have a shoulder to aim at, mm-hmm. it's different. Mm-hmm. I feel like when you have just a like a watermelon in the front, on the frontal, it's it's a little bit more difficult to know how far left you are. Let me ask you, know you a question: I mean? When you're aiming at a deer, are you visualizing the organs inside? Not really. I do, and I wonder I, how accurate it is. See, here's like, the, <laughs> yeah, you know, like am I really looking at things that the right way? But yeah. I'm usually aiming in my head at a like a animation in my mind that I'm yeah. making of organs inside of a deer. Yeah, I think I'm more just I know. Like I've done the, uh, I've looked at the anatomy a mm-hmm. lot, and I think I know where they are. So I have pictures on the outside of where that that yeah, should you know end which up, hair you know? to aim at. And stuff yeah, like I mean, that. especially yeah. like the the very famous you know reel that we have of the fifty yard shot with the big deer. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's I, I know I've seen that in my mind so many times, and I know where it hit. And and if you haven't heard. There's, there was margin all around the outside of my arrow within the heart. So, in other Man, words, center punch the heart. It is I, – I know, like, when I watch it, I can tell it's he's dead. But it's it's still hard for me to believe that you didn't hit the bottom half of the heart. Mm-hmm. You know, like you center punched it mm-hmm. with a big broad head. Yeah. And there's Weird. still, like, a hole through it. It's not a cut yeah. through it. Yeah. You know, like, so that's, wild. You know, that's that's kind of something I take into consideration, I guess, when I aim a lot of times, like, where is that spot? And mm-hmm. so, um, but for this particular instance, I was <clears> thinking <throat> the the things we've talked about, plus I was thinking, um, I mean, that was really the main thing I was thinking. And I also was thinking, 
uh, I, I, sh- I aimed low a little bit because he was on a- edge a little bit. And he ended up, like you said earlier, mo- or not earlier, but when we were off air, he moved quite a bit uh, yeah. before the air 20 got yards there. Yeah. is a lot. Um, so I, I did aim a little bit low, but not like off body or anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, but generally speaking on a frontal, if, if you can think about like where the windpipe goes through, that's there's a hole there, mm-hmm. you know, into the chest chest cavity. So like, that's where you want the arrow to go through. You don't want it to hit the sternum or whatever else, mm-hmm. right? So, um, I, I kind of think about that, and it really is almost like a neck shot from a tree stand. Mm-hmm. You know, like you're basically shooting into the base of the neck, mm-hmm. and it is devastating. Yeah, the deer, deer was di- dead so quick. Mm-hmm. You know, and we've seen it with your Oklahoma buck. It's uh, a few be, years ago. You not to die because this isn't like a shot taking podcast, which we might need to do some point in time. <clears> but like, if it hits the right spot, you are literally taking out everything except an aorta. Well, you could even do that. So everything mm-hmm. except a brain, because mm-hmm. you can cut the lung blood supply, you can cut the air, you can cut the heart, you can cut the arteries going in and out of the or the arteries going at, out, the veins going in to the heart. Like it is going everything. Yeah, the veins in the neck or whatever. Yeah. Jugular, the spinal. Yeah. So, column. and that's the thing too with the frontal as well. Not that you need to be aiming for this, but if you follow what we do, um, then you know that I hit a deer high on a frontal last year, and it still killed him dead. You know what's wild to me? What's that? People don't complain when dudes shoot rabbits with bows. Yeah, because they're hitting them wherever and they die. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. It's like you you could say that a rat yeah no you could say that a rabbit um you know is a very difficult like if you took a the most rabbits mm-hmm. you have a smaller even if you hit that thing in the rear end you have a smaller target than what you would have on a frontal of a deer probably oh yeah you know what I mean for sure and people are like oh you shouldn't take the frontal mm-hmm. it's like man I don't know I mean you should be able to shoot accurate enough at twenty yards to hit the frontal right yeah. you know what I mean. Now, mm-hmm. there's, there's other things that can affect it, but I'm just they saying. They can move or whatever, yeah, but, yeah. you know, if you don't want to take risks, then you probably don't need to be deer hunting. No, or, or definitely not bow hunting. Or driving or whatever driving, else, right? Hopping yeah. into a tree. You mm-hmm. probably shouldn't walk to your car from yeah. your house. In fact, I, mean, I don't know if you should use, you know, binoculars because that could affect your eyesight long term. What else do you need? Knows? Yeah, Michael, right? maybe you should wear just... Uh, yeah, eye goggles yeah. and masks and stuff yeah, like that. Don't I wear mean. don't wear restricting underwear because nope. you know who knows what that does to you. Yeah, um, shouldn't wear. You should probably wear steel toe boots all the time. That's a good idea. Yeah, yeah. masks for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you would like that one. <laughs> uh, so, uh, anyways, um, well Whoa. done on that buck, Tyler. Thanks, man. Yeah, he was cool. It was uh, pretty awesome to uh, just get to go have the party the first day there you know what i yeah. mean like, yeah it was i was uh i was glad he was dead because last time we had a party early on we uh we were partying in the woods trying to find a buck that was not dead hmm. and we did the hardest thing we've done and everybody had to miss their hunts the next day because you know Oklahoma jones couldn't make the shot but uh it's a lot easier i mean i'll uh I'll I'll do whatever you need me to do, man. But I tell you, it is easier to miss a morning hunt whenever you recover a deer yeah. than whenever you go chase oh, one. Oh yeah, I know, <laughs> I know. Um, you know, and I and because of that, I was able to try to help some other guys. I got to do some bird hunting and stuff, which too, was cool, which was fun. Yeah. Um, but I was able to go film you way off, way off down, you know, the middle of nowhere, two miles back, mm-hmm. and uh, we almost.
almost pulled off the 18 thing again. Dude, dude. it was real close. So uh, we kind of le- started this podcast with talking about the place I found and then got back to Tyler's success. Um, I had a harder time finding bucks. So I didn't, at the initiation of the hunt, didn't bail off back this far. But there's a lot of things I had going on. Uh, that kind of led to this one was that it was not a cold front week but every day got progressively cooler like fall arrived uh, in the first week of October where we were so the first two days were almost just like man let's hunt stuff that's not our a number one because we're going to mess it up it's going to be too hot and you're going to come in after dark and we're just going to bust them trying to get out of there mm-hmm. you know um so that's kind of where that went. And then by day three, I think it was the first day to go in there. Uh, and we went and scouted in the evening. We just kind of walked in, which talk about dumb. Like <laughs> We walked like two miles to not even like officially hunt. You know, mm-hmm. we had, her, I had my bow, but, uh, but we figured out some things, saw some good bucks, uh, and tried to get a pattern on them, which w- proved to be difficult later in the week. So where we went was just, is really cool it was just deer doing deer stuff outside of the influence of agriculture because it was so far mm-hmm. it was just a creek bottom man i like that it was sweet it's that's a big time learning experience right mm-hmm. there i feel like it was hard yeah like because you know to kind of pr- move this along quickly that evening we saw deer going east and we're like okay all the deer are headed east somewhere to go eat at night well you go in there the next morning and they don't all show back up. And then all of a sudden, the deer's coming from the north. And then there's deer still going east the next morning. And what you realize is they are just all, they have everything they need down there. And they just kind of go where they want to, depending on whatever stimulates them that at that moment. Mm-hmm. So, so it, now you got to use, like, terrain to yeah. just make sure you don't get winded the best you reveal. And that's still tough because there was <clears throat> the highest concentration of deer I may have ever been around mm-hmm. was was there. Um, now they weren't there at the end of the week after we'd done some bumping, but <laughs> yeah, bumpy, bumpy, bumped a dump. So uh, <laughs> we, uh, anyways, we <laughs> Michael's dying over there. Um, we uh, we went in there, hung a set uh, one morning, and um, left it there, hunted it a few times, and and had deer around. We just never had a shooter buck within range of that set. Uh, and then later in the week, whenever you went back, uh, I hunted and Greg hunted, and then you and Chris filmed each of us, uh, which was really nice. Because uh, I wanted you to see the place, and I wanted to get your take on it too. Because it's always good to just get as many good hunters' opinions about things as you can. Mm-hmm. Because I I kind of had like a what's the uh, like a a good way to say this? You ever um, give like a kid, a toy that's kind of a couple age classes over them. Yeah. And they think it's cool, but they don't know what to do with it at all. (laughs) You know, that's kind of what I was like uh, down in there hunting because it was awesome. There was deer going everywhere, but at the same time, I was a little bit overtaken and probably pretty tired too because we were going in and out every day. Yeah. uh, Twice. Mm -hmm. So you're looking at over eight miles just of walking in and out. And that's – you know, a good drive from the house. So sleep was definitely lower on the totem pole than what I like to usually have it. Um, mm-hmm. So anyways, we walk in there. 
Chris and shot a buck too, by the way. He did. I just he wanted did. to mention that. Yeah, that's right, man. That's why he's able to come film as well. Call um, it a spork. It's kind of a spike, kind of a forky. Yeah, 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 for sure. Wasn't quite as spork as Greg's. But, but. <laughs> if, you, if you've watched some of our South Dakota stuff in the past, you know Chris kind of uh, has um, – I don't want to say struggle, but he – he missed the mark one year on a really big buck, and now he's like, you know what? I'm killing a deer this yeah, year. Yeah, dude, super happy. Yeah. I was happy for him. Me too. And his recovery was easy, so oh, yeah. we made it home in time for supper and all kinds of stuff. Yeah, dude. That's all about it. Um, like kind of like an Eric Nebraska doe recovery. That's right, man. Um, and uh, so we go in there. You and I are together. We get there a little bit late because we had a work meeting, which is just the best when you're on these trips. <laughs> uh, but we were walking in, and it was like probably 445. And this is a thing I noticed about that place is that the deer were on their feet early, potentially all day. I don't know for sure, but I never went in and out when there weren't deer standing somewhere. And it's like, well, one of you knew. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we kind of crest this hill and see a group of 17 does standing <laughs> on the side of the hill about 400 yards away, eating kind of oblivious to our presence, which is nice. And Tyler goes, oh, there's bucks or something like that to that. I had to say nature. it three times because the wind was blowing so oh, fast. Oh, my goodness. You didn't hear me the first two no, times I said I didn't. it. Yeah, and I still couldn't believe it when you said it. But um, <laughs> we find these bucks that are bedded in the middle of an opening, uh, but with their backs up against It's kind of like a shoal is what I would probably call it. It's an old oxbow-type deal where at some point in time the water ran through there and piled up a bunch of dirt and they were kind of backed up against that dirt with the wind over their backs and uh, sun at their back as well. And we kind of like made a plan because we didn't know what time they were going to get up. Actually, they were on their feet when you first saw them. Yeah. So we we're like, whoa, what's weird. going on? Like by the time you looked, they were bedded. Yeah. That was weird. Bedded down quick. Yeah. So we don't know if they stood up from there, ate a little bit, used the bathroom, laid back down, or if they came into that spot. But either way, we're like, okay, we got to make a move on these things quick because who knows how fast they're going to get up, which isn't a that big of a deal in that country because you can get behind some terrain and cover ground and also it's super windy so it's not really a problem to um you know make ground mm-hmm. uh, even if you are i wouldn't suggest it but even if you are exposed at distance that everything's moving you know so mm-hmm. it ain't like that big of a deal to you just don't want to look like a sasquatch real bad you mm-hmm. know so long story short we are able to get very close because it's windy uh, we get within about 60 because I'd, I'd marked him on Onyx where I th- thought he was, dropped a pin there. You're good at that, man. Um, you do a good job of that. Thanks, man. Another Always tip have. on that is take a picture. If you can see where they're at, take a picture that's like a human's eye view, not through your binos or anything, but just take a picture. That way when you get there, you can kind of line it up mm-hmm. with with whatever you're seeing. And that was actually pretty crucial because there were some plum bushes Mm-hmm. that I thought were way further out than what they were. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was able to, with the wind, stalk up to about 16 yards from this deer. Mm. You could see his rack, his head, and a portion of his neck. And then everything else was covered with grass. And I thought that that was all covered with a with ground. I thought there was, like, dirt between me and him. So, no shot. Um, I drew four different times. Every time he'd get nervous and whip his head around, I would draw. I'm within eyesight of this deer. He could see me plain as day if he looked up, but he wasn't. I was, you know, pretty well behind him and took it real slow so he didn't see me walk up at all. I was concerned about my shadow, and it was getting longer as this went on. This went on about 25 minutes. And finally, on my fourth draw, 
I go to let down because he doesn't get up and I can't hold it for 25 minutes, right? So I'm trying to like work through that of when do you, you know, how long should I keep my bow drawn? And I'm just trying to time it out to where like he gets up whenever I have my bow drawn. Well, that's hard to do. Let my bow down the fourth time. And when you know, I finally have a not so smooth letdown, my arrow doinks and the deer hears it. Tanks. He tinked. Tinked. he tinked, yeah. Uh, <laughs> he really tinked after he, he was tinked off. After yeah, that that's one. right. Uh, well, uh, he did a big buck thing where he didn't stand up and look. He didn't give me a second. He just got out of Dodge. As a full draw, and, you know, of course, I, I don't take a running shot. I'm, I'm not even that risky, but I could have shot him in the neck and killed him, like, absolutely 100% sure of it but in full disclosure when you film your your hunts you you just don't need to do that kind of stuff because you people don't like neck, neck shots they don't man. like neck shots i actually shot one in the neck last year on accident um <laughs> they didn't like died. it they didn't they? like it some people did uh, i mean i thought it was i thought it was effective personally but uh, smith like it he loved it he I thought it was sick you. Uh, that's you. right man uh the the real ones know bro uh but um you know uh, there was I had a shot on an elk like that a few years back, and I didn't take it. Same same deal. Uh, just it's something that some people could pull off, and maybe I'm one of those people. But there's an example to set to people who might be amateurs that you, and I don't mean that in a negative sense, but like newcomers to hunting that you don't want to show them that it's okay to do that. You know, you get what I'm saying? Like we're out there to kill deer, and I have a lot of killer instinct to me. I just I like to kill stuff. Um, and, uh, but in that case, it's like, man, it's not worth it. You know, it's not worth what all could happen from this situation. And looking back, after I bumped the deer, we went down there. I stood in his bed. Tyler stood where I was. I had a shot to his body. I just couldn't see it because it was in the shadow. Um, I could have shot through just a very thin strip of grass. I mean, I mean, so much that it wouldn't even affect anything. And it was right on him, you know. But you don't know what you don't know. Yep. And, uh, I'm happy that I didn't wound a deer. So um, that's how that encounter went. After that, we uh, hunted it one more time and considered it pretty blown out after that. It was a crazy windy day and super cold, and we didn't see many deer, so we were like, oh, I guess that's that. And then the next night we went and hunted a uh, little spot that we'd found that we are kind of saving for the last day, thinking we might shoot some does, and... Sure enough, had a big old eight point come in. I thought it was a nine. For some reason, I saw a, a fourth in my binos when I put up on, and I just kept calling him the nine until we looked at footage like yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, um, he came in to like 25 yards, and it was just too dark. I couldn't, uh, or 23. I couldn't see my pins. I don't have a sight, a pin light on my sight. So uh, we were up in the tree, real thick stuff, and I. I Came full draw, couldn't see my pins, and said, again, it's like, man, it's not worth wounding a deer because uh, – I and I fully believe I could about near take that shot with my eyes closed at 23, but, you know, again, what's it worth to you, you know? Yeah. Um, shot a nice buck in, in Nebraska, and I've got meat, and I'll kill some more deer this year, hopefully. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, should be – dude. Yeah. I mean, uh, I'm going to pick up the old turdy turdy one time this year too, so <laughs> – uh should be able to kill some deer if that's the case yeah um i would imagine but yeah that's uh that's south dakota 
from what I know, is there anything else we should know, cover on that? I'm glad. I, I'm looking. We're watching last year South Dakota where I just tanked on a deer's shoulder. <laughs> and uh, I'm real glad right now to have <clears throat> have have some redemption there, I guess, for sure, man. Super blessed. So. Yeah, that's good, man. Way to go, dude. Um, Smoked him. I was looking at his antlers while ago, and I was thinking, man. That's a big old buck. He's pretty nice, man. <laughs> He's cool, man. He's pretty nice. Um, I am just real glad I got to do that, but I'm also glad that it freed me up to chase some birds around. And I actually, I was hunting sharp tails, and I actually shot my first greater prairie chickens. Those are cool. I shot two of them. You cook, you're cooking one right now, aren't you? Cooking, cooking one. I cooked another one earlier today. Did you eat it already? Made prairie chicken and dumplings. <whistles> yeah. I don't know what they taste like. But I feel like it. you remarked that they are big quail. That's like yeah. what they are, right? That's what they look like. Are they going to eat like that? I don't know. We'll see. You're going to need a, a dead gum, like, hatch chili to, to make a popper. You can't, they might make a jalapeno big enough for one of those That's things. That's right, dude. You can't just a make a popper old. out of them. You take a whole square of Philadelphia cream cheese and just stick it on That's there. That's right. Put it in a half a pumpkin. You need a shell. whole pork belly to use as a as the bacon just wrap it mm, come on now <laughs> hey, dude, sounds yeah. good yeah man for sure it does well anyway that's uh that was a fun deal man it for was sure. man and i'm glad i'm glad uh we all made it back safe and we uh we're gonna regroup i've already uh cleaned my truck out and reloaded some stuff and good for you uh, <laughs> we're we are regrouping and we're gonna carry on and we're gonna smoke some more deer so i'm glad uh you guys are listening and and following along and able to to watch some of our videos here and there and it means a lot like i said earlier that you uh, guys support us don't forget if you want to go watch that video uh buck truck series is uh fully incorporated into one video and you can watch the whole thing as you go to sleep tonight if you want and uh it'll uh still be on when you wake up in the morning <laughs> <laughs> link will be in the description yes, remember sir. keep up with us on our day-to-day on social media we've been trying to be a little more interactive on stories uh and we'll probably continue a lot of that we're going to do some q a stuff that stuff is really fun throughout this time of year because it keeps us all sharp puts us in scenarios and it's going to help y'all as well we hope at least so uh remember to follow along with what we got going on this deer season y'all remember to have fun when you're out there and remember this is your element live in it You ever get that feeling the walls closing in, the concrete jungle suffocating you? You crave some wide open spaces, the chance to connect with nature, maybe in a spot all your own. Well, head over to land.com. They've got ranches, forests, mountains, streams, you name it. Search by acreage. You can search by location. You can search by the kind of hunting and fishing you're dreaming of. Land.com. It is where the adventure begins. Market House has the cleanest, leanest, juiciest meat and seafood shipped to your home overnight. Expect the service of a local butcher and the convenience of a large supplier. Unlike many online butchers, you can grab just one meal's worth or lock in for a subscription box. Choose from grass-fed and grass-finished beef, American Wagyu, free-range poultry, grass-fed lamb, wild-caught king crab, seafood, and more. For 15% off your first order, use code COUNTRY at checkout. Just visit markethouse.com. That's M-A-R-K-E-T-H-O-U-S-E dot com. And use the code COUNTRY.